0: A precedent-setting case came before the courts in Lower Canada in February 1798. An enslaved woman named Charlotte was arrested in Montreal after leaving her mistress and refusing to return to her. She was brought before Chief Justice James Monk, who released her based on a technicality. British law stated that enslaved persons could only be detained in houses of correction, not in common jails. Since no houses of correction existed in Montreal, Monk decided that Charlotte could not be detained. The following month, another enslaved woman named Jude was freed by Monk on the same grounds. Monk asserted in his ruling that he would apply that interpretation to the law in all future cases. So he's a good guy. Yeah, I mean that or he's just very technical yeah he's like well it says common jails it says it right here we have no corrections facilities here therefore it's like i hate to do it. i hate to do it to I you hate but to do this. i hate to do it you're but free you're free <laughs> get out of here i'm not happy about it like get out of here. trust me i don't want to do it but i will apply it to all future cases i don't know why he's southern all all, I, I all former lawyers and chief justices are from like Virginia. <laughs> Especially regarding the slave trade. Especially when regarding the slave trade <laughs> yeah. in North America. In 1800, an enslaved black woman named Nancy sought her freedom in New Brunswick courts on a writ of habeas corpus, a law wherein an individual can report unlawful detention or imprisonment. During the hearing, the court decision was a tie, so Nancy remained in the service of her master, Caleb Jones. The writ was not issued until 14 years after Nancy had attempted to emancipate herself and her young son by escaping enslavement. However, such cases placed limitations on enslavement, making the practice unsupportable. The Supreme Court's anti-slavery position helped to decrease the value of slave property due to the uncertain future of enslavement. So there is like an economic factor in slavery where it's kind of like people say buying a house is the best investment because a house is not really going to lose value over time. It should only grow. Unless a bubble pops and the whole economy of Halifax is screwed. But anyways, in this case, slaves for a long time had been perceived as a safe economic investment because they should retain their value. But because these laws are coming into place... And people are trying to get their freedom as slavery. And it seems like the courts are increasingly siding with them. Yeah, Slave owners do not want to retain slaves because it's not seen as liquid capital anymore. They're not going to get their return on investment by purchasing a slave anymore. Okay. So for gross, scummy economic reasons, yeah. slavery kind of dies out in a lot of Canadian colonies. That's anticlimactic. Yeah, hence you yeah. don't make a Heritage Minute about that. Yeah. You make a Heritage Minute about Chloe Cooley, which is this right. very brave act and a lot more emboldening and, and impassionate yeah. than, well, it just wasn't economically viable for a lot of people, so it just stopped. So get out of my house. Yeah, like there isn't any morality. <laughs> it's purely economically driven yeah. in a lot of places. Tune in each and every Wednesday for a new episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And check out our website, MinuteWomenPodcast.ca. You can find all of our contact information and social media channels so you don't miss a single thing.